Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody. This is Vileen Shah, your facilitator for I Love Braille, sponsored by East Bay Center for the Blind and supported by American Council of the Blind, welcoming you on May the 12th. 2022. One little announcement. Now onwards, I have my email address with the East Bay Center for the Blind. As you all know, that I have started working as a part-time Braille teacher for this organization. So uh, the email address is shah, S-H-A-H, at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. So anyone who has a question, please send your email or anyone who wants to say anything about Isle of Braille, including your uh, observations, uh, your feedback, send it to shah at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org. Okay, and also, uh, I'm looking for some more poll stars. Anybody who would like to be a poll star of any month, please send your email to me. I'll check your, uh, I mean, I'll request your little bio and then determine who will be the poll star of which month. And I'll appreciate your uh, taking initiative and sending me that email that you would like to be a poll star of the month. All right, with that, of course, as I said, today is your day, which means we take questions and uh, anybody who knows answer the question. So it's going to be an interactive session. Participants will ask and participants will answer. I will add my observations, my knowledge, my uh, um, the information I have, and we go from there. By the way, the format will work like this. Uh, first, we will have take a question. I have three questions from the audience that the people have emailed. Then anybody who knows the answer will raise their hands. Once the discussion on a particular question is over, we will allow you to raise your hands for questions. We'll take one question and again, we will request participants to raise their hands for the answers. So it will be a question, then answers, then a question, then answers. So until one question has been fully discussed and announced that this discussion is over, do not raise your hand for another question. I will certainly allow you to raise your hand for questions. So uh, please bear with us and uh, uh, just have a little patience. Uh, I'll be happy to answer and have your question on the floor for discussion. Any Braille related question is most welcome. I have one question from Estelle. So let's see if Estelle is here. Estelle, you can unmute yourself and repeat your question. Okay, thank you very much. It's thank good you, to Estelle. be here. Thank you. Yes, great. My question is, when you have a sentence that starts with a number, 
Do you put the capital sign before the uh, numeral indicator, or do you just wait and put it before the first word? Because as much as it is a capital indicator, it also kind of indicates the beginning of a sentence. So uh, I can give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. If I had a sentence that was something like, $125,000 used to be enough to buy a decent home, then I'm wondering if where you put the, ca the first capital sign. Thank you. Okay. Great. Okay, now, this is a quite an interesting question. And of course, uh, uh, the correct term is numeric indicator in UEB. Uh, when you said numeral, but that's fine. It's no big deal. It's numeric indicator. All right, let's see how many hands um, are raised. Please raise your hand for the answer. We have Rick with a raised hand already. However, let me go through the process of raising and uh, unmuting. Um, so if you want to raise your hand on a computer, you're going to press Alt-Y. To unmute, you're going to press Alt-A. Um, on a Mac, it's Command-Shift-A to unmute, and it's Options-Y to raise your hand. If you dialed in, it is star 6 to mute and unmute, and star 9 to raise your hand. If you're on a tablet, um, the mute option will be uh, somewhere to the center of your screen with the Options button uh, to top right. Uh, where you should find the raise hand option under there. Similarly, on a phone, the phone app, your mute toggle will be somewhat to the bottom left of your screen and the options menu to the bottom right uh, where you'll find the raise hand option. Okay, now we can go to Great. Rick. And I thought Rick will have the answer. Rick is the first person to answer. Yes, please unmute yourself. And by the way, Rick is our poll star for the next next week, for the month of May. Rick, let's see if he can unmute himself. There we go. There we go. Now okay. I can hear you. I think it's kind of grammatically not preferred to start a sentence with a number, but it it is done sometimes. So there's kind of a double answer there. If if you're using the word for the number, like F-O-R-T-Y for 40, then you'd put the dot six in the normal place. But if you're using the numeral, uh, numeric indicator four zero, then I believe you do not capitalize at all. Just number 40 and then the rest of your sentence. And you don't even capitalize the the first word. I believe that's right. Okay. I, I, saw, I saw it written that way once because I wondered the same thing. <laughs> okay, let's see what Don has to say. Don, you have the answer. Hey, yes. Um. So I think I remember my. Okay. Now, obviously, this wasn't. Now, obviously, she wasn't teaching Braille, but. My English teacher, I think for eighth grade, I know she's, I can't remember if she said one through 10 or one through 100, but if you wrote those numbers out, so like, okay, you know, okay, four, okay, 12 grand is the cost of, is what it costs to buy 
a to buy Jaws, then you would write cap T W E L V E and you would spell those numbers out instead of like, you know, putting numeric indicator one, two. Does that, I, I don't, does that make any sense? It does, but you know, when they say when you're transcribing, although I don't do transcribing, but I was mm -hmm. just interested. But when you transcribe, you're supposed to do what is exactly printed into Braille. And if they put a number first in a sentence instead of spelling it out, that's what my confusion was. And that's perfect, I, I, Estelle. I, I'm with Estelle, Dawn. Uh, you can't choose whether to write a number or a word. Uh, Braille mm -hmm. follows print. That's the bottom line. That's the main uh, principle uh, UEB has yeah. adopted. So yeah. if it is uh, a numeral in print, you have to write it, uh, the numeric indicator and the number in Braille. So you cannot spell, spell it out. Okay? Uh, okay, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, got it? Okay. Yeah. So now, let's see if anybody else has any answer, and then I'll give you my analysis. Um, Alice. Alice. Alice Massa, 414. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, I will agree that one has to follow the print, and we hope that the print is written well. In modern language association style and their MLA style, there are many different styles of writing that are used. Uh, the general rule is to, whenever possible, avoid putting a number at the onset of a sentence. But you've already addressed that. And if there is one there, it, the second word should, in no matter which style one is using, or in no matter what style in which the piece has been written, the next word should not be capitalized because it's the first actual word, not number of the sentence. It should only be capitalized if it has another reason to be capitalized. So you would never just use the capital sign in Braille because you need to show the onset of the sentence. The actual onset of the sentence is with the number. And if you have this sentence beginning with a number in the midst of a paragraph, you would know a new sentence is upcoming because of the end mark of punctuation at the conclusion of the prior sentence. And that is what would let you know that the new sentence is starting. And as far as when you're saying the dollar amounts, you're going to have the indicator for the dollar sign uh, actually first, and the rather than the number sign. But that doesn't really matter here to address the question. But that that is a very interesting question, and I appreciate that, Estelle. Thank you. Over. Thank, Thank you, Alice. Okay, so it looks uh, anybody who could answer has answered this question, but I'll still uh, give you one more chance if anybody else has the answer to this question, and then I'll give you my analysis. Okay, so here's what I understand. Uh, the 
the rule of the grammar is that the first word of a sentence should be capitalized. And of course, the grammar doesn't say that if the first one is not a word in a number, there is no need for capitalization, but it is understood. So if the first, what I would say, the first one is not a word, but a number, there is no need for capitalization because after the number, the word that follows is not the first. So it can it needs it need not be capitalized. Secondly, Braille follows print. Is the first word that follows the number capitalized in print? And I don't think so. So because it's not capitalized in print, it's it is not to be capitalized in Braille. The question still sustains whether we should use the capitalized or a capital indicator at the beginning of this sentence. The answer is no, because the sentence begins with a number. And uh, particularly when it is a currency mark like a dollar, then actually the sentence begins with the currency mark, then the numeric indicator, and then the number, and then whatever is the word. So probably, I mean, as I understand also, like Rick said, that uh, there is no need for capitalization because the word is not the first one in the sentence, even by grammar, even in print, and therefore, Braille need not worry about capitalizing the word. Okay, now let me hear your sentence again, Estelle, in your example. Um, something like $120,000 used to be enough to buy a nice home. I think it used to be more than enough. If I make $150,000... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, the example. So the dollar sign, numeric indicator, and the entire number, 150,000, good number, and then whatever other words, there is no capitalization in this sentence. Okay. Does that help you? Yes. Thank Does you. I appreciate that. Question? So you need not worry. You know, you need not worry about capitalizing the word in such a sentence. But this is a great question great all right now the next one i have two questions from divya bijur so divya please unmute yourself and ask your first question and for those who are in the audience the name that sounds real unfamiliar i'm going to spell it for you so that you can understand it better is it d as in david i as in india v as in victor Y is in Yankee, A is in Apple. That's her name. Okay, Divya, go ahead. Ah, it seems it seems Divya has difficulty in unmuting herself. So yes. Um. So if she needs to get the got it button, she can maybe. Alt tab, um, and that might bring up the. Ah, that window. is the problem. Correct. Divya, I think you can hear us. 
you need to find the got it button first here on the computer and if you don't find it where you are as abraham said do alt tab and you will see accountant and something like that and then it, when it says got it button press the enter key then only you will be able to unmute yourself um oh yeah question. i got it okay. you got it okay you got <laughs> right. it got it what Thanks, you got Abraham. it got it <laughs> okay all right wonderful welcome letting me unmute so <laughs> yeah. and and by the way the audience uh, this young lady is in india now and the time there is what 10 pm yep <laughs> yes okay go ahead what's your question so my first question was that i wanted some tips to avoid backtracking when we're reading braille and yeah we'll take that one, one first oh sure okay okay and <laughs> then we will allow you to ask the second question so you <laughs> okay. emailed me nobody else Thank emailed you. <laughs> so they, you get a priority for that anybody who Yay. emails those questions will be taken first okay and then we will allow people to raise their hand for a question okay once again uh, once again you have a question about backtracking how to avoid backtracking while reading braille correct right okay i'm pretty sure there must be many people who, who will be happy to answer this question so let's see please raise your hand everybody nobody knows the answer yeah. ah michael michael more whatever more you would like to say go ahead please all right um now yes. my question is are you using my question is are you using a uh, a braille display or are you doing it on a paper that's a, that's that's a question no. i have in in order um, to answer the question that she asked correct yes yes yeah, so I'm, that's what i'm asking no in order to uh, you're talking about how to avoid backtracking yes so correct, are you, correct, my, my correct. question what i what i'm asking you is are you reading on a braille display or are you are you using paper no i'm using paper okay so okay. we are talking about hard copy braille and when you're reading how to avoid backtracking and michael the teacher can tell you better okay go ahead well um i would say to avoid, i would i would to i would suggest you know keeping both hands on the line that you are reading to track across mm -hmm. the page and it's just it's just a thought and say when your right hand say uh, when your right hand gets to the end of the of the line you could take your left hand and move and move your left hand to your left all the way to the end of the, of that line and then drop down to the next line and then you could take your right hand and meet your left hand and if you'd like to to move both of the both of your hands across the next line if you would like to try to do that that's just what mm -hmm. that could that might be able to help you yeah sure. it is called yeah. a two hand technique so you want to use yeah. both hands so my question to divya is are you using both hands to read braille yes i do use both hands really but uh -huh. what i have observed yeah. is i yeah. generally tend to backtrack in the middle of the line and I don't know why that has to happen but I probably don't read carefully enough sometimes. 
Okay. Um, and then I just want to okay. go back and yeah. <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What you really? could do, in the, yeah. uh, don't isn't there also the split hand, like the scissors technique, where, um, say you're say if you if 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 you're stopping like in the middle and you're backtracking, what you could do mm-hmm. is maybe you know just uh, move both your hands and then you know and and have your left hand left hand stop in the middle of the line, and your right hand continue on. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Right. Yeah, I should that try might that help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a thought. So the condition is that you should have your hands flat on the page so that you can keep a track of the lines. Correct? Right. Okay, let's see what Rick has to say. Is it Rick? Next was who is this? No, sorry, let me double check. Yes, Rick, yeah. Rick. Yes. Uh, actually Michael's answer is probably the best and most, certainly the most orthodox. But <laughs> I find that if I don't use two hands the uh, page tends to want to flip backward on me uh, when I want to go back to the next line. So I usually use my left hand just to stabilize the page at the uh, on the left you know, left side of that page, and then at the end of the line, it doesn't address the question of the middle of the line. I realize, but at the end of the line, then uh, look for that just below, just barely below that. There's, there's going to be a little rut between the, the, that and the next line. Just follow that back to the beginning and drop down a tiny bit more, and there's your next line. Not infallible, but it's pretty good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I do that mm-hmm. sometimes when the pages are like bound really tightly where I have to <laughs> actually yeah. hold the pages. Like, I have not done that since some time but yeah i want to try that <laughs> try that yeah that's that's the whole purpose you know you learn from other participants in this session okay trial and error and error and error and error <laughs> i saw some more name here but uh, that looks they lower their hand do you have anybody else answering this question everyone uh, there's no one else they lower their hand Nobody, right? No one. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else who is a good Braille reader, avid Braille reader, and not experiencing backtracking, what, what's the technique you are you using? Please share. I, I thought many people would answer this question. Share your experience. Estelle, yes. Very experienced person. Okay, go ahead, Estelle. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment. I'm currently reading a Braille book that's written mostly in verse, and <laughs> it's gets complicated for that reason because sometimes the next line starts in the middle, and sometimes <laughs> it starts in different places. And that really gets confusing, but I, I just find that if I'm really, really careful about following the lines and using both hands, that helps. But when I first started reading that book, it was really quite confusing. I couldn't, I didn't know where the, the next line was. So that, that could happen yeah. too. Yeah, okay. that, that must be really challenging, right? <laughs> it is. It, it is challenging. Okay. All right. Uh, and last chance, anybody else? 
Okay, so here is my brief analysis. It's a good question and many people experience this difficulty. Uh, that's what I learned while teaching Braille. So this is not the problem. Uh, only Divya experiences. You're not alone, Divya. Okay, now, uh, the bottom line is that you should have your hands flat on the page. So you have a full control over the page. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, first and foremost, you should be hard on anything on Braille. So yeah, you, you, as light as possible, you may want to place your hands and use your both fingers, uh, both hands, of course, whatever finger you are using. Most, most people use index fingers. So I will take that example. Uh, if you would ask me, I use my left hand thumb. It's something funny. Nobody heard, I think. But I use, I read Braille with my left thumb and right index. So oh. that's a different story. We will not take that as an example. <laughs> I think I can, uh, I have every reason to consider myself as an exception, but that's different. Okay. So when your two index fingers are moving, normally when you reach approximately half the line, your left hand should drop down and the right hand should continue so that you don't miss the line that you are reading. Your right hand is reading further. And in the meantime, the left hand has dropped down to the next line and it's ready to read. So when the right hand completes the line you are on, the left hand starts reading the next line where the right hand joins the left. So then you move, go up to the middle a little more and let the right hand read further and let the left hand go and find the next line. So it's a practice. You should right. be able to drop your left hand um, by a line and sometimes a blank line, then your left hand should go to the further next and then the right nose because the brain functions together. So the right hand knows that the next line is blank. So it will automatically drop to join the left hand. So that is sure. perhaps a most uh, efficient technique. However, some people do it differently. So maybe uh, uh, the other, other option uh, you may find useful instead of uh, left hand dropping down, you may want to drop your right hand, which I personally don't find convenient, but some people do it and whatever works for you is your way of reading. So instead of dropping the, neck, uh, the left hand to the next line, you drop the right hand to the next line and let the left hand continue until the end of the line. And then when that line is over, then left hand can join the right hand and you can read further. That will allow you uh -huh. to avoid backtracking. Try that and let me know. But also there yes. are other issues. Uh, how comfortable is your position when you are reading? The most comfortable one is to sit on a chair and have your book on a flat surface or a, like a table or a desk. Right. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the most convenient. However, there are people who read Braille books while sleeping. So they put <laughs> their book on their uh, 
uh, uh, chest or on their body and it's doable yeah because then you know it's not as flat as the table the body but right. it works <laughs> okay <laughs> and also another issue sometimes backtracking happens because of some mental state psychology you are so much stressed right. out and you are thinking of something else you are not very focused on reading you are reading but you are not really reading your mind right. is kind of thinking hundred things thousand things or something that's bothering you and because of that you happen to backtrack so that is again you want to evaluate yourself think what you are doing focus on what you are doing keep the stress aside if at all you have uh, and right. that is also a reason so these are some of the things that uh, will help you avoid backtracking any question about right. backtracking divya no thank you so much that was really enlightening and i'm going to try <laughs> all the okay. techniques that you've told me <laughs> wonderful wonderful <laughs> and we will take your second question but not before telling everybody that divya is going to be a presenter in the first week of june i think it is june 2nd right thursday yeah, yeah anybody right. who has the calendar can check okay divya what's your second question yeah so my second question was um actually i have never read on a braille display mm -hmm. so i don't know if that's just an assumption but um i somehow um think that probably the reading on a braille display uh would be a little bit slower than if you would be reading on a paper with a you know the whole paper full of braille so i just wanted to know if that is so and if it is then to what extent can the speed be hampered um and of course that would depend on what level the person is of braille reading but yeah still i was just curious about uh to what extent it, the speed kind of slows down okay so i'll repeat your question uh for those who are trying to understand the it's basically uh divya believes that reading on a braille display is slower than reading on a hard copy braille correct divya right right okay now is it true or not what is your experience so particularly those who are using braille displays will be able to answer this question uh okay so anybody who is using a braille display can share your experience please we have two hands raised to have carol yes Yes. Um this is this is Carol and yes, Carol. I'm from Nashville and I'm new to this and uh -huh. um I'm a former braille proofreader uh down wow. in Florida for, for Braille International mm -hmm. um and I have a braille display and yes. I don't think there's any difference at all um mm -hmm. the other thing about it is and of course um you don't have to worry about finding well you do still worry about backtrack a little bit basically you push a button to advance to the next line and so you have control of your speed there is also a setting on most of these 
for automatic line advance. I don't like to use that in case I miss something or I get distracted and it gets ahead of me. But you can actually adjust your speed that way, too. So I, I have not found any difference at all in my speed of reading. And as you said, on on the contrary, backtracking is not an issue in this. No. Uh Interesting. Okay. That's great. All right. Let's see who else. Michael. All right. So what I use, I use a real display. And sometimes it also depends on possibly the length of your bro display, how many cells it has. Uh, what you could do sure. is if you have thumb keys, for example, on your bro display, that way your hands, your fingers are on the Braille cells themselves. That way you can keep reading. So I don't think it's actually slower than paper because if you think about it, okay, when you're reading a book, you physically turn the page. When you're on a braille display, you don't have to worry, you don't have to do that. It's just right. a continuous line. So that I, I think a reading a braille display is you you're all um, as long as you don't say if there's any quiz wheels, uh, if you were to bump those, you'd probably lose your place. But for the most part, uh, you should. Uh, stay on track when you're reading on a display. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Let's see what Don has to say. Don Bilkush? Um, I kind of see, I have a real display and I love it because um, I don't have to turn a page and Frankly, I don't use auto scroll and I have a 40 cell line and I, but I read braille fast anyway. So I think that actually speeds my reading up because I'm looking at stuff and I don't have to, like, I don't have to turn pages. I don't have to go to move to the next line. I don't have to do all that. And, you know, you can get more stuff onto a braille display too. It's more portable. So that's another thing to think about too, is if you want to do that, then I'd consider portability, but like if you're on a 14 cell or if you're on a 20 cell unit, okay, I would see how that would be, you know, hampering speed a little bit. So in a way, I think if you're looking at speed, you need to look at how many cells the unit has before you start looking at speed. That's honestly what I would say. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> okay, good. Does that, that make sense you, to you? You're getting at all? this. You're getting yes, this input yes, from the experienced people. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, Linda. Um, I I totally agree with people that you really need to have uh, as many cells in your display as possible. The one of the nicest things I find with the Braille display is that the Braille is very very sharp and clear. Yes. So there's, it's never ambiguous. You always know exactly what you're, what's under your fingers. So that, that in and of itself will help speed you up the clarity of the Braille. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, in the meantime, Mel has joined. So Mel, uh, we are discussing today. Actually, we have a, uh, our feature is I have a question and people have asked questions. So there's one question 
is about the difference between uh, reading on a braille display and reading a hard copy. Merrill has uh, Merrill is holding so many international positions, and uh, I'm pretty sure she's an avid braille reader. So, would you like to say something about the difference between uh, braille display and hard copy braille? Which one works better? Um, it looks like Meryl doesn't have her audio connected as yet. Yeah, um, so I'm not sure even she heard she won't be able to. Okay. She might not be able to hear us. All right. So I will invite anybody else uh, who can answer this question uh, or share your experience using a Braille display and a reading hard copy. Okay. Hearing none. I will give you my uh, input. Uh, I'm not using a Braille display, but I did use it earlier. Uh, so I know what it is, how it works. Um, uh, first of all, foremost, uh, every blade Braille display is not same. The length yeah. of a line is different. It may be a 12 cell, which means you can read only 12 Braille characters at a time. If you are using a contracted Braille, it helps you have more letters. Otherwise, it is 12 letters or even including spaces, 12 cells or right. 20 cells, which is something like half a line or 40 cells. Now, 40 cells actually becomes a little too long. I mean, it's good because most Braille books have a line of 40 cells. So it's good mm -hmm. to have a 40 cell braille display. But of course, if you are if you are thinking of buying, the prices are exorbitant. And uh, right. the more the cells on a line, the higher is the price. It used to run in $12,000 and all. I never checked the current prices, but I heard that the prices have gone down. Uh, but anyway, uh, so let's say, if, uh, Hopefully, at least uh, the most I think uh, one can afford is 20 cell braille display. Uh, the people in the United States are very lucky. They're going to get a braille display by the National Library Service. Uh, and so everyone who is all, almost, you can say, who is blind or visually impaired and mm -hmm. is a member of the library for which there is no subscription fees, will get a braille display that you can connect with the computer probably i'm not sure but you you can read a lot you can download books and all but wow <laughs> everybody's not in the united states so anyway <laughs> so if it is a 20 cell braille display uh the only thing you may want to do is when the line is over you must go to the next line and um, if you are reading with your two index fingers, I'm pretty certain. I used to do that. I'm not sure if other people do it. I, I would press uh, the button to go to the next line by my thumb. So mm -hmm. the fingers will continue to read. And as people said that, you know, the dots are sharp, so it's easier to read. You can read faster comparatively. And there is no... Uh, no fear of backtracking or going back to the same line because the line advancing button 
or the right. knob will take you to the next line. I have seen people uh, reading a, on a braille display like a book with a wonderful speed. Oh. When I tried myself, I was miserably slow on the braille <laughs> display, comparing my reading on a hard copy braille. So certainly it varies from individual to individual, but the bottom line is that it's doable that you can use a braille display and you can read with equal amount of speed or a better speed. Uh, a number of books are available mm -hmm. to be downloaded and you can read using a braille display. Uh, Bookshare allows you to download books and Bookshare I think is available right. in many other countries including India where you are yes. now. And uh, um, uh, of course, uh, we use BARD, which is uh, the program by National Library Service. And that is only for the United States. So, mm -hmm. okay. But the people who are here know about, and you don't have to know because it, it, it doesn't help you. Correct. Okay. <laughs> so that is your yes, question. Yes, this was really really yeah. insightful thank you okay wonderful thank you for bringing two questions for this audience and now i will invite questions so please raise your hands if you have a braille related question and if we cannot cover your question today please bear with us email it to me email it at shah shah at eastbaycenterfortheblind.org and uh, you can ask now. It's a great chance that you can ask your question. Um, we got 17 believe... more minutes left. And we can also continue a little more. I was just going to tell oh, you. All right. Jody looks to have a question. Jody? Yes. Uh, yes. I would like to know about computer Braille. I have no idea what it is. I, I know a little bit about it, well, you know, using lowercase for the numbers and that sort of <laughs> thing but I'd, i would like to learn more about what is computer uh -huh. braille and when would you use it okay now uh, do you know ueb jody yes i'm yes. pretty sure you know okay all right let's see who has the answer to jody's question what is computer braille or cbc as we call it computer braille code that's the right word all right let's see who can answer and i thought rick would do rick Uh, we meet again. Yes. Um, as you were starting to code? say, yeah. Yeah. in uh, UEB, of course, there is no such thing as computer Braille because uh, that was part of the whole point was to uh, make computer symbols and all that part of the standard code. Um, so, quote, computer Braille, unquote, refers to one of the functions of EBAE, which is largely but not entirely parallel to Nemeth code. And they use the old-fashioned .46 period and uh, the dropped numbers. They are using the lower part of the cell for, for numerals like you did in Nemeth code. If you're, are you familiar with Nemeth code? No, I'm not. But I, I am familiar with dropping the numbers because when I hooked up my... Uh, e-reader from the National Library Service, I had to enter my password that way because using UEB didn't okay. work. 
Right. And so, and you also probably have seen dollar amounts written with so many dollars and then dot four six and then the number of cents. And that's, okay. that's, that's the old Nemeth code and it's also the old computer braille. Um, okay. And to show in EBAE, and again, that's an EBAE, um, that you're entering a computer code, uh, like an email address or a website, you had to write a, a symbol to show it's the beginning and the end of the code. So you'd have, like it um, in an email address like uh, uh, bs at omg.com. <laughs> Uh, you would have to write dot four five six and then dot three four six an ing sign to show okay you're entering a braille uh, a computer code oh, and okay. so you'd have the the first part of it like I don't know bs one two three with your lowered one two three and then your um, at sign, which would be a dot four, as it was in the old code, and then your uh, omg dot com, and the dot would be a four six, and then to end the code, say okay, we're going back to normal braille. You'd have dot four five six, and then a wh sign, you know, one five six, and then you go back to your normal braille. But again, in EBAE, you do not have to worry about that. Oh, another thing about computer braille is to capitalize a single letter. It had, had a four, five, six in front of it instead of your normal dot six, which again, in UAB, you won't have to worry about. Okay. Um, and there's a whole raft of different symbols, like a dollar sign, an ED sign, and so forth, but you do not have to worry about that in UEB. So, okay, uh, well, thank you. The only thing in UEB that I'd say is you have to be kind of careful of is that in some computer languages, which again, I don't think we had to worry about, but in a language I used to program and you had to worry a lot about what column you were in, uh, you do not necessarily have a one-to-one -one correspondence between a Braille character and a computer character, like your at sign is .4a. And of course in print, it's just your little, little A with a circle around it, it's just one space. But again, unless you're programming in a very column-oriented language, you don't have to worry about it. So there you go. You well, thank you. No worries. Okay, Very thank good. you. Very good. Thank you, Rick. And Scott has the answer. Scott Edward. Okay, here I am. Um, I'm going to try not to get uh, too technical because I, I'm... I'm either a I'm neither an engineer nor a technician, but I am kind of an aspiring geek. Anyway, it's my understanding that originally the computer braille code was developed so that we did have the one-to-one -one correspondence. Since you know, dealing with computers, it's an exact science uh, of character by character translation between the what what computers use, uh, you know, the machine language like like binary code and such so that everything comes out right and so uh, technically I'm, I'm pretty sure that under the hood computer braille is there in the background doing in other words you have you're going from binary code to the you know if it's usually it'd be to a print character but in this in our case it's to to a computer braille symbol and then 
then along the way there you have translation from there into UEB. That is that is my theory on it that's happening, that's occurring. Um, so with, with your when you're using like the software a screen reader, for example, the driving a braille display, I think what's happening there is it's taking the the print characters and it's going from you know the, it's taking those into the in uh, in the in the background you would see if if you didn't have any kind of translation going on it it'd go directly to computer braille but in this in the now that we have UEB it's translating into UEB or whatever other or even EBA if you wanted the old contracted braille since we have contractions so so basically the computer braille has we no longer have to use it in to represent because we now have EBAE I mean we now have UEB but it's still kind of there in in the process under the hood so to speak that that's my that's my thank you thank you Scott we go to Linda Linda Pai yes Jody um (laughs) yeah uh, the the one symbol I found that was used that was confusing beyond the fact that the drop numbers, which is what you told me about, was the colon, which I believe is a one uh, five six in computer Braille. But if you if you do a Google search on computer Braille code, you will find a couple of websites that will lay it right out in a tabular form for you, which I found very very useful. <clears throat> okay. All right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just curious. You know, I don't think I'd use it. I was just curious. Well, you're going to run into it on the on the on the ZoomX too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. If mm, anybody's that's got the, the ZoomX e-reader, you're gonna you're gonna need to know some computer braille. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Deprecated mm-hmm. or not, you're gonna need it. Yeah, but UEB doesn't want it. Yeah. UEB yeah. only uses UEB. There's no computer code in UEB. I understand that this the ZoomX was made in Germany. Judy, uh, ah, Jody, okay. Didn't, did, wasn't it you who told me that? No, guess, no, I don't I know. I guess not. But if, if that's the case, then that sort of explains why um, there might be still some computer braille in it. Ah, okay, because they're not yeah. using UEB. Probably okay, not, not. Certainly not the technicians. Okay. Thank you, Linda. Mm-hmm. We go to Dorlin. Uh, Yeah. Hi. I just wanted to add a little. I mean, I understand computer code to be kind of a separate code from UEB now. I know that with the old Braille code, we would use a symbol to switch into computer Braille. But then I think computer Braille at that point was still six dot. But now if I see computer Braille code, I am expecting eight dot code, which I don't think anyone brought up yet. Um, and I think the mm-hmm. big difference between the six dot and the eight dot is just the number of combinations that you can make and have different characters. So instead of having 63 different characters, you have 255 different characters with the eight dot code, which then allows each symbol on the keyboard, the ASCII symbols to have a one-to-one uh, symbol translation. So like someone else had mentioned, there wasn't any confusion. There's no contractions, you know, and you'll, an A has its own 
uh, symbol and a capital A has its own symbol. So uh, that's my understanding of computer braille code and that it's mostly used these days with a braille display and sometimes entering passwords and stuff like that, it would ask for it. But um, I think it is a separate code these days from UEB. And that's what I got. Thank you. Oh, I never heard that, but uh, it's it's the matter of uh, exploring, you know. I never heard uh, using eight dots making 255 symbols. I mean, that doesn't mean uh, uh, that it's not there. It's just I'm expressing my ignorance that I never heard about it. Okay, let's see. Meryl. Meryl is not unmuted, it looks. She's not unmuted. That got it button. <laughs> so um, she might need to alt tab and you'll get a notification that this meeting is being recorded and you can press that got it button. Yeah, Meryl is um, an ACB person. She knows how to go to got it, I believe. But anyway. We have Somehow, six minutes to the some hour. other techno. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry we couldn't hear Meryl. Uh, I'm pretty certain she has quite uh, valuable input to make. Uh, I'll briefly tell. I mean, much has been covered. So first and foremost. You can say with UEB coming in, the computer code has been kind of outdated, however, not redundant. And why? Because we still have thousands and thousands of volumes written in eBay, that is English Braille American Edition, or I call it Old Braille. So, uh, and whenever we read those books, we come across the computer code. CBC, Computer Braille Code. As Rick explained, uh, the basic difference is that whenever there is any computer code, there are indicators, beginning indicators and ending indicators. And I'll repeat those. Uh, the computer code begins with the uh, a symbol consisting of two cells, dots four, five, six, and then dots three, four, six. And it ends with the two cells symbol, dots four, five, six, and then WH sign, which is dot one, five, six. So you know that you're back to your regular reading, regular uh, uh, literature, and uh, the computer code is over. The UEB does not find that necessity because I think uh, this is what happened historically speaking that when eBay was there, when eBay was prepared, practically there was no computer. I mean, there was computer in the world, but it wasn't that popular. So we didn't have to worry about the computer code, but slowly and gradually, the computer language started uh, getting into the literature. And then there were two different things the email address and web address. And an email address has always a sign called at sign. 
So now Braille had to determine what will be our at sign, which is frequently used in the email address. And they decided that dot four will be the at sign. And then of course, the web address consisting of all kinds of weird characters, long lines, and you never know when the web address would end. There are slashes and forward slash and backward slash, whatnot. So the course designers, not exactly course designers, but uh, uh, those who uh, were in the power of uh, making uh, or entering or determining on new Braille codes, they developed what they call computer Braille code. Uh, there are several other things, but now that code is no longer used, I think you don't have to worry. And even if you are reading an EB book, uh, many things are not uh, coming in your way, except that it shows indicators and which is good. So you know that now you are reading some uh, computer language. Another difference is that in the computer braille code, uh, no contractions were used. So that's another easy thing that if at all you're reading an old braille book, uh, when it, there is a computer braille code used, there is no contraction. So you don't have to worry about those combinations. In UEB, when even if it is an email address or web address, contractions can be used. You can use the contractions. So that is another difference. So the bottom line is that if you are reading an old Braille uh, version of any literature, and if you come across the computer Braille code, you don't have to learn a lot. As long as you remember the beginning and ending uh, signs or symbols, you are fine to go. A few things are different, but I don't think you need to worry about that. Okay, does that help you, Jody? Yes, thank you very much. Okay, um, so now onwards, you. whenever you read a book and if you come across computer braille code, that's no big deal. Okay, and very it's, good. Thank you. it's no longer used in uh, new books. Alina, we've reached the hour. Yes, so we are reaching the end of the hour. Yeah, we, we have reached. So, okay. I wish you all a good weekend. I hope you learned something today. I hope you enjoyed today's session. The number of participants, the last I saw was 25, which is understandable because of the change in the, uh, uh, the, the link and the other information. I'm afraid many people could not get in. So we, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try to find people who could not get in. And with that, I wish you all a good week ahead and good weekend. Be prepared for our Polestar presentation next week. And I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you so much.